Thanks, thanks very much for the invitation to be here. And uh, I think I might start with a little story. Uh, Dr. Paul White told lots of stories. They're called Jungle, Jungle Doctor stories. And he's got a story about uh, two monkeys, Nayani and Toto. Nayani and Toto, these two monkeys, and they were playing in the trees one day, tossing a coconut to each other, and it, it fell, and it fell there, and Toto said, Uncle Nayani, I'll get it, I'll get it. And he jumped out and he picked it up, and then he wiped all this mud off, and then he went to turn and he couldn't turn because he'd fallen into a terrible place. It was a place of mud that just goes down and down and he tried to pull himself and, and he pulled and pulled and then he screamed out, Uncle Nayani, help me, help me, help me. And uh, Nayani's sitting thinking, what can you do? And he says, well, get hold of your whiskers and pull yourself out. So but all that happened, of course, was he went down and down. And, you know, that was a terrible place. And that place, the teacher telling the story was, telling, you know, that's a place of sin. That's where we all start. We're all in that place. And we can't get out. And Naomi suddenly thought, yeah, well, you can try a bit harder, you know. And so he kept trying. And all he did was straighten his backbone. And he was going down and down. And you know what? he would have disappeared. And that's the message, you know, that all of us are sinners in God's sight and we would have no hope. But all of a sudden, Nembo the elephant came along and with his big trunk, he reached out and he got Toto and he lifted him out. He rescued him. And, you know, that's what Jesus tells us, that he is the way. And that's the message that we're going to talk about today. It's the message of the gospel uh, that, that is proclaimed to us. So we're going to look at from the book of Romans. So the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. And that's what it is. It's, it's the power of God that can save us. It, God has done it. It's all of his work. And he goes on to say that the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It's through faith from beginning to end. As the scripture says, the person who is put right with God through faith shall live. And then in the next couple of chapters, the Apostle Paul explains why we need the gospel. He says that God is angry with all those who suppress the truth. He talks about the fact that everybody can see from creation that there is a creator, but the truth is suppressed and people ignore that and they worship the creation and not the creator. He goes on to talk about the Jewish people and other people who were, thought they were okay or they could do it themselves. Better education, you'll be okay. Try, try various things, but no. That doesn't work. None of us can reach God's standard. The whole world is accountable to God. And, and uh, we get that verse in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Paul explains in chapter 3 what God has provided. And he says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ 
And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So as we know, it takes faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because we've got to believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. And so that's what Jesus has accomplished. Well, he goes on, the Apostle Paul in this letter that he writes to the church at Rome, he talks about Abraham because many people thought that, oh, Abraham was made right with God because he did all good things. And Paul points out, no, it wasn't like that at all. Abraham was justified with God or made right with God because of his faith, because he trusted God. And the thing is that our good works, none of us, our good works will never, ever, ever be good enough to achieve that salvation because the Lord has done it for us. So Abraham believed God, what God said, he obeyed it. The words, and then at the end of chapter 4, these, we read this. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to, to death, oh, sorry, over to death for our sin and was raised to life for our justification. And then we come to the bit that we're particularly thinking about today in Romans chapter 5. The Apostle Paul says this, I'll read verses 1 to 5, and this, these particular parts from the ESV. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained, obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in sorry, poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So let's think for a little bit what we read there, what are some of the benefits of being justified or being made right with God? In this situation as though we never sinned at all. It's because of what he has done. Firstly, the Apostle Paul says, we have peace with God. Now that's an amazing thing because we were God's enemies. And he brings us together. He, bring, he changes us. We have this peace with God. We no longer need to fear God's judgment because the victory has been won by the Lord Jesus. And if we've trusted what he has done, we don't have to do that again and again and again. But we, we put our faith in him. It's a once uh, for all thing. So that to have peace with God is an amazing thing. In other parts of the Bible we read about 
as Christians too, we can experience the peace of God in our lives. That's as uh, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of what was happening. So that peace with God, he tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it, this is uh, one version of it, that we were God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. So I'd like you to say that with me, uh, or after me, okay? We were God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. I would, I'd like you all to stand if you can, please, everybody, stand. And if you turn around and face behind you type of thing, turn around. Now, say it again after me. We were God's enemies. Turn around. This way. But he made us his friends. Through the death of his son. Okay, let's try it once more. Turn around. Okay. We were God's enemies. But he made us his friends. Through the death. Of his son. Okay, you can sit down again. So that's a wonderful thing to remember, isn't it? That's Romans chapter 5, verse 10. That's in one version. We're God's enemies, but he's made us his friends through the death of his son. We have peace with God. So that's the first uh, one of those benefits that Paul talks about. And then he's, another one he says is we have access into the grace in which we now stand. Now what's grace? We know that's uh, uh, something that we're given things we don't deserve and God gives us his blessings, things that we don't deserve. And uh, I think that's summed up beautifully, I, don't, I suppose many of you will know, City of Lights, um, perhaps one of their best songs, what gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. God gives us his son. He gives us himself. What a privilege, what a position we are placed in. And uh, if, if I went to... Uh, uh, sorry, I've got myself. We've been placed... Yeah. So we've been placed in, in, in Christ, in the Lord Jesus. I've lost my... I've, okay, sorry, I've got the notes here and then they're up there and, and the writing's a bit small. <laughs> okay, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, Paul says a whole lot of things about praise to the Lord because of the position we've been put into. And he says... Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And he goes on, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. In Christ. In him, verse uh, 11, we were also chosen. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. You were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And so we rejoice in this position that we're all in, 
if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus. Then he goes on to give talk again to talk more about the benefits of justification. He said, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There are two things we rejoice in, he says. The first one is in the hope of the glory of God. So what does that mean? That means you're going to see it. You're going there. We, we sang and we talked about the fact that we're going to be with God. We're going to see him in all his glory. And that's a fantastic thing that we have all to look forward to. Um, some of us will get there sooner than others, but it's going to be great to be, to be with uh, our Lord forever. In my particular family, we seem to be, this 2023 looks like the year that some, some of us are having a bit of a rush to get there because my older sister died in May and, and I've got a, my youngest brother has got a brain tumour and he is likely to die any time in the next uh, week or two. But praise God, he too knows the Lord Jesus and goes there. And I've got a, another sister who's got heart failure and the, and the doctor reckons she's on her last legs too. But again, we all know the Lord Jesus and we know that we will be there. And we have that hope. So when we say we have a hope, remember it's not like, oh, I hope to get there. No, it's a certainty. We're absolutely sure of these things, that we're going to be there uh, with, with the Lord. And then uh, he goes on to say, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings. What? You rejoice in your sufferings? Well, it's not because the trials are pleasant, but the fact that they produce a step-by-step -step transformation that makes believers more like the Lord Jesus. And isn't that in itself a, a wonderful thing? Um, if I go on to the, my next slide, this is something that came up on my Facebook feed. <laughs> and uh, basically the top line is, this is what we'd like life to be like. My plan. Everything goes smoothly, no problems, everything like that. Um, but God's plan is different. He gives us trials, temptations. So we, we, we have temptation, we have trials, we have suffering. Things go wrong in our life. And that's so that God can work in our lives, that he can transform us that he can make us more like the Lord Jesus himself. And so uh, that's what Paul says here. Your sufferings, well, through your suffering, you will learn to endure, to keep going, not to give up, keep going. And then that develops our character and that character, as our character develops, you might say it makes our hope even more sure. There's a man called Bishop Frank Retief. I don't know if any of you have read any of his books. Uh, he was from the Evangelical Anglicans in South Africa. 30 years ago, uh, one morning at church, gunmen burst in there and they killed 11 people and wounded 59 others. And uh, it was as a result of that and people getting on TV and saying, even though I've lost my, lost my spouse, 
we forgive you. The same thing really happened in India with Gladys Staines when, when her husband and her boys were burnt to death in the car and she was able to get on television and explain that she had forgiven the people who did this. And Frank Retief, that's a, that sort of reaction can only happen because of we've got Jesus, because we've got the Holy Spirit in our lives which is changing us. That we can, and it's our, our reactions that are so important. And one of the things he said there was, you might say you're a Christian, but if nothing ever went wrong in your life, how could you prove it? In other words, it's not so much just what we do and the way we live, but it's how in situations how we react that will indicate if we're any different from anybody else. And that's one of the things that God brings up, brings to us. Belinda, Her Herman and Belinda Lamprecht are AMT missionaries in South Africa. Some of you will have get their letters and, and, and hear about them. For many years, they've been trying to adopt a little girl. You see with the, her face is covered. They call Princess. And I'm going to, they've had one knockback after another. And this, just earlier this year, this same thing happened. I'll read to you. Sadly, our file didn't end up going to the adoption panel in May. As we had, as we had hoped, the magistrate requested more feedback from our social worker at the last minute before releasing the file and then went on sick leave. Our social worker is trying to figure out things out but says this may set the, the process back another few months. And even then there's some real uncertainty again as to whether the magistrate is going to actually finally approve the adoption, the fact that she keeps throwing spanners in the works. I'm going to be honest and say that this latest setback was hugely disappointing. I think this time we really finally allowed ourselves to hope that we would Oh, sorry, that we were at the finish line at last and so to find out that, again, things have stalled has really affected us. Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And yet, Romans 5 holds the answer to our disappointment when we're left waiting on hope. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope does not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our lives with his love and that's what we're reading from there and so through that disappointment and they've had more disappointment even even since uh, that letter was was written and yet she's hanging on knowing trusting God, that, that's what they have to do. And uh, we certainly do have that hope. Um, this is a little diagram that I like to think about. You know, what the things that we do, the react, our actions and reactions, they develop our character. And as our character develops, in other words, as we being transformed from one degree to another by the Holy Spirit, become a little bit more like Jesus, then that, our conduct will change too. And it goes round and round, providing we keep trusting in him. So another benefit 
Paul goes on, the benefits of justification are, and hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given uh, to us. And so we've seen there, of course, that's a, an absolutely massive thing. We've thought about the love of God and uh, the Holy Spirit uh, coming to us as an absolutely massive thing to, to rejoice in. So we've seen that we have peace with God, we have access into God's grace in which we stand, we rejoice in the hope of the, of the glory of God, and we rejoice in our sufferings, not because we like our sufferings, but because God is using them to change us, to make us more like Jesus. And we rejoice in the fact that God's love is given through his spirit who he has given to each person who puts their trust in him. And so he goes on to say, those next few verses, how do I know that God loves me? Well, he says, you see, at just the right time when we're still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Does happen, doesn't it? Occasionally someone will take someone's place. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God has shown his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then he goes on to say in verses 9 and 10, Having been reconciled and brought right with God, brought together, we are saved through his life. What does it mean? It can mean a couple of things. Now, we've been saved, saved from the penalty of our sin by what Christ has done on the cross. But daily... As we look to him, he's saving you and me from the power of sin in our lives. As we look to him and make that choice to follow him, then he is saving us from the power of sin in, in our lives. Since we have been justified, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were, we were God's enemies, what we were, did before, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Paul puts it another way in, in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you say that? Can I say that? Yesterday when I was speaking, I put up a, a cartoon that had, where we were talking about giving our bodies as living sacrifices and said so the trouble with living sacrifices is they keep slipping off the altar. And you know, that's it. it's a daily thing for us, isn't it? Am I going to choose today to trust in the Lord, to deny self and, for, and, and live for him? One other verse from, uh, that Peter wrote in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. We've got the tools, if you like. We, we've got everything that means that we can do it. But will we trust in him? So what about, what about you? What about me? And we 
2 Corinthians 5.15 says this, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We belong to the Lord. Um, this is a, I don't know whether you've heard, there's a song that Sky Peterson has written a song in the last few months. Um, some of you may know her father, Andrew Peterson. He wrote, Is It Worthy? And, and some other, many, quite a lot of songs. But Sky Peterson's got this song and the chorus just goes over again. I belong to the Lord. I'm not my own. Now, I, I've been listening to that song a bit and I've been hitting me, it still comes to me during the day sometimes. I belong to the Lord. I'm not my own. I've got to tell myself that. I belong to him. I'm not my own. It's what, what he wants me to do today. That's, that's what I've got to go uh, through with. And I'll finish with this end of that song of City of Lights, of um, what gift of grace or yet not I, it's usually called. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. And so we have some wonderful benefits and blessings by being made right with God. Let us rejoice in them and let us go forth from here each day. It's a day at a time, rejoicing in the Lord and asking him for his strength to cope with the things that are going to be thrown our way. There will be trials, there will be suffering, there will be some things that will be so hard, but through Christ he will give us the strength to do that.